For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I'm your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We're going to do a little bit of F1 news. We're going to talk about Monaco for like 45 seconds. And then we're going to talk about Spain for like two minutes. And then we're going to sign off. I have two trivia for you today because Cody sent them and I kind of forgot. So let's start with the kind of this this one is more fun and silly. So, who has won an open wheel race more recently? Marco Andretti or Roman Grosjean? Who has won an open wheel race more recently? Yes. Okay, so Marco's last win was like, damn, is that like 2008 or something? No, like 2011, I think. I gotta think about this for a second. Marco's last win, was it, he won at Sonoma. Yeah. Um uh, just gotta think about when that was. No, he won at Sonoma first, then he won at Iowa. So that so that was like yeah, 2011. When did Roma last win a race? Wow. Uh wow. He came into F1 in like what 2012, I think. So I assume it was somewhere around the same time. Damn, yeah, this is an interesting question because I don't I wasn't following Roma on that closely back in the day. Hold on. I to, give me one second. I have to think about this. Okay. So Frenchie is thinking about this. I'm gonna fill the silent comment. So the silence with laughing about this. We do have another trivia question. Wait, I think up. I think that's a trick question. Because I think he came into F1 in 2012. So I'm pretty sure they both won their last open wheel race in 2011. Okay, but that's not a trick question because there's still a correct answer. Wait, more recently in 2011? Yeah. Oh Who God, is the most recent winner? <laughs> that's getting down in the weeds. Wow. I didn't, okay. I didn't ask this time. I did not ask the question incorrectly. No, no, I'm, I understand. But like, so he was in GP2 in 2011 i don't I have no idea i think he won gp2 in 2011 and then marco won iowa in 2011 so i have to just guess about the dates for those yep i'm gonna say that roma is the more recent winner by a, by 25 or by a month and five days you are correct uh yeah by <laughs> you you are correct roma <laughs> won july 30th 2011 marco won june 25th 2011 Oh my gosh. Okay. So that was a good gonna, one. Uh yeah, he asked that weeks ago and you know, a typical of me, I forgot. So 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Monaco briefly and talk about our predictions after this, but you know, Monaco, there's never any passing. The only passing we saw this weekend was because it rained for a little bit. So mm-hmm. obviously passing for the lead is next to impossible and never happens. So in the last, actually, so this is kind of ironic since the, there has been two passes for the lead since I was born in Monaco. So can you name what years there was a pass for the lead in Monaco? Wow. Um, what year was there a lead in Monaco? A pass so, for the lead. So nothing lead. to do with pit stops, right? Correct. Nothing to do with pit stops. Okay. So I got to think about this. Mm. Since you've been alive, that has to be like back then pretty much because I'm thinking of all like all the races. Yeah. And I can't, most of them were due to pit stops that I feel like somebody else took the lead. Um, Let me try to think about this again. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I feel like Senna always qualified on the pole as well. So that's also tough. Do you yeah, want, so who is, do you want the older of the two? It, wait, so there was one one is pre your birth? No, there there have been two since I was born. Oh, and that's it the entire time? Yep. Okay, so no, don't give me that because okay. Uh that I can think of it. And I don't think 88 counts because 88 is then not a my crash list into the wall. Yeah. So let me think about the 87 race. I think I think Nigel was on pole, but Senna ultimately won that race. So I'm gonna guess it was 87 as one of them. You are okay. correct. Um mm. and then it wasn't. I'm surprised you I'm surprised you haven't guessed the the quote unquote more recent one. It's not actually recent, but it's more recent than the year I was born. Um wait, okay. A more recent one. Maybe it's just obvious to the point where I can't think of it. No, it's not. It is oh, okay. It's it's yeah, it's it's not. It's not like Vettel in twenty eleven or something like that. It's it's not that recent hmm um oh wait it's just a pass for the lead mm-hmm. i was thinking okay so 96 right because neither of them went on to win but there was there was passing going on yeah damon hill passed john alacy because alacy was on wet still and hill was on slicks yeah that's why i wasn't thinking because for some reason i was like hmm, a pass for the lead and then they went on to win Right, but in that right. race, they they just both wrecked out, and eventually yep. Olivier Panis went on to win. All right, well, another good one. Yeah, good job, Cody. 
He probably doesn't hear that too often. So, you know, good job, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Monaco, it rained, went stroll, drove into the wall. So did Logan Sargent. So did Logan Sargent. Sergio Perez. George Sergio Russell. Perez. So like did George everybody. Russell. There was like there was like five minutes of chaos where I was like, all right, this could be exciting. And then Max Verstappen still won by 27 seconds. So is Monaco the most overrated crown jewel race in racing? I still think it's a big deal for the qualifying. I still think yes. qualifying there okay. is absolutely incredible to watch. Qualifying was definitely awesome on Saturday last weekend. Yeah. So that's always really cool. I think it really challenges the drivers. Um, but I, I want to say that Nelson PK described it as riding a unicycle around your living room. He did not like mm. Monaco famously. He also didn't win there, but he, but he, he likes to say a lot of uh, things. So not necessarily going to take opinions from Nelson PK, but he knows more about driving around Monaco than I do. So for me, it's a crown jewel because it's been around so long. And because, I mean, literally the Prince of Monaco and all the celebrities attended, it's probably the most glamorous place on earth or one of them. And that's why I think it is. I mean, Indianapolis, no offense, not one of the most glamorous places on earth, No, but there's something magical about IMS. Yes. And so there's a different aspect to that and why it's part of the, the triple crown. Um, I think Monaco is definitely still worth being part of the Triple Crown because if you can win there, I think you have incredible talent. I mean, most of the people that win there are not just doing it by mistake. I mean, if you look at the people who are the best there, they're some of the best to ever drive an F1 car. But I think it exacerbates the issue of the size of the F1 cars and how lazy and just kind of cumbersome they look to drive at slow speeds. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. All right. We have is there anything else we need to talk about from the race other than that happened? I guess let's just oh, say oh, oh, predictions. Okay. Oh yeah, I have Sorry. those. Um actually they were really similar. Our predictions were I mean, you got the question about pole winner winning. And I said they weren't going to win because I just wanted yeah. to be optimistic. Be different. Yeah, so yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, but then for who we chose to have a good weekend, I think is what we said. Or was it Q qualifying related? I'm just going to guess that it was a good weekend. I don't know. I, I can't tell you because I don't week. remember. I don't know what answer you're about to give. So Yeah, I was already in like Indianapolis 500 mode. So this is why it's strange is because I chose Oscar Piastri who finished 10th and you chose Valtteri Bottas who finished 11th. Uh, that was Q, Q, Q3 qualifying. Okay, so then hold on a second because I don't remember. I think Piastri was 11th and Bottas did not make it into Q3. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. I don't think either of us got that. But we were pretty close. Yeah. Um, you were closer, obviously. Let, let me see what the qualifying was. Because Oscar, yeah, you're right. He was 11th and Valtteri was 15th. So uh, he was the first. Yeah, technically they both got out in Q2. So we fail. Okay. All right. You were going to mention something else there before I cut you off. Oh, just a couple of things. I think um, 
I mean, we got to give some credit still, I believe, to Fernando Alonso. I mean, even though he was 20-something seconds back, right, at the end of the race, what was the gap? Uh, 27.9. Yeah. Um, that's pretty bad. But you know what? Like, when your teammate finishes 18th after smashing into the wall... And I mean, we Alonso could have been on pole. He was pretty close. And Ocon looked like he was going to be on pole for a second. I just want to give credit to both of those guys. Fair. Fernando Fair. and Esteban for having good races. Max obviously put on a masterclass. But, you know, when you... I don't necessarily put Esteban Ocon in the same league as like a Charles Leclerc um, or a, even, you know, a George Russell. But he might have proved us wrong there. I mean, who knows? That was a really solid race and he beat both mercedes cars ferrari shot themselves in the foot once again i would no, say never yeah so we're, we're gonna get what? into a little bit of that um a little bit later but, but well i think that's pretty much it from the race i don't have much else other than the haas guys wow they were um aggressive Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, there was the question of tires to basically which ones to change on to. This is Ocon's only his third podium ever. Um, and apparently it's the first time a French driver has been on the podium since 1996. Oh, funny. So that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It's just... This is only Max's second Monaco victory. And right. I think this was probably one of the best chances that Alonso would have had to take advantage of track position and possibly win a race. But I still also have faith that there's going to be a point where Red Bull makes some mistakes or somebody smashes into Max or who knows what happens, so, some mechanical failure. And Alonzo will win a race because he's yeah. right there. Every he's been super consistent. I mean, this is how many podiums out of this is five podiums out of six races. I think you're right. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, an Alonzo and Verstappen team in the Red Bulls? That would be oh like God. Um, I mean, the, the the age difference is hilarious, but <laughs> it would be like a Prost Senna combination because I think it would be that volatile. But uh, you know. Those are the guys that are really fighting for the championship, even though Sergio Perez has the better car and pretends that he's still in the championship hunt because his weekend was awful in Monaco. The street course specialist, allegedly. I like it. All right. Do we talk? Let's let's just get Spain out of the way. Okay. So we know Spain sector three has kind of gone back to the old sector three. Yeah, style. I'm going to give you my opinion first on this one. It's going to be a short answer. Do I think that the quality of racing will be better because the garbage chicane is gone? I want to say yes. My heart wants to say yes, but I think no, because at the end of the day, it's still the same car and that car can't follow for shit. Oh, I was going to give a different explanation for why I don't think it's going to make any difference. Okay. 
That's fair. I think going out of turn 13 to 14, it's going to be a lot cooler, right? To watch them go around at high speed. And it's going yeah. to make things interesting because I believe Charles Leclerc was quoted as saying that left front tire is going to be crying. So that's going to be interesting sure, to watch. Sure. But turn one at Spain is really high speed. There's not that much braking that goes into it. And so even if you have a longer straight where people can get into a DRS zone, there's not going to be passing going into turn one. So I don't think getting rid of the chicane sets up any more passing than we have would have had already. That's fair. Yeah. So, but I'm glad I mean, they got rid of it. I mean, yeah, it's we're we're probably I don't want to say we're both right because that means then the like the race is going to be awesome, but we're probably both right. Yeah, I mean, this I think it should be hopefully a better Spain race. It's going to, I don't dread it as much as I did. Cause that, that chicane was just awful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the purpose ever really was. Do you, I mean, I don't remember. They put it in in like 2007, I think to suck the fun out of racing. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> why would you do it? I, I'm not sure. Um, because that long turn going onto the front straight, it, is going to be cool to watch. Yeah. Excuse me. I agree. Wow. You're yawning even thinking about Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. All right. So let's make predictions real quick. Let's do it. Who's having a good weekend? Um, I'm scared to say this. Because it means that I have to put my trust in an organization who I fundamentally doubt. But I'm going to say Carlos Sainz in, in okay. his home race. All right. I am going to take Lance Stroll because I think Fernando Alonso kind of came out today and said, or yesterday, I forget, and said, listen, he's just had some bad luck <laughs> recently and it's not like a skill thing. So maybe he takes some solace in having a teammate defend him for once and uh, you know that's where his dad that's always where defends going. him though yeah it doesn't matter okay we'll see yeah i mean i'd love if he actually got um even a little bit of what fernando alonso is getting out of that equipment that'd be nice to see yeah because it's been disappointing i had high expectations for him and then he's let me down so far What's the other prediction you want to ask about? What are we, what are we guessing on? Let's just do surprise Q three because I don't my my brain is totally fried from, from the past seven days of racetracks and travel and being up early every day. So surprise Q three, okay. Surprise Q three for me, I think is going to have to be Yuki Sonoda. Damn it. He's been, like, steadily improving. Yeah, he's been consistently decent. Yeah, which I've just been like, what? What is going on? Yeah. All right. Well, since you took mine, I'm going to take Alex Albon. Fair. I mean, if he had the equipment, he would do it every week, I honestly think. Yes. Yes. Okay, we have some news to get to, so. We do. Damn, stop yawning. I'm so tired, man. I just, I just want to go to bed. All right, let's get to the news real quick. Um, the first thing that I think is kind of interesting and I wanted to talk about is that Sky and F1 are going to create this special 
coverage or broadcast for kids for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Ah, yes, which yes. I think is a really cool initiative. Um, I know nothing about the Sky Kids Show, FYI, that they're getting some of the presenters from. But uh, also two of the presenters, which like, these are some of my least favorite people. Um, the other, like the adult presenters, I believe, who will be on this broadcast are Nico Rosberg and Danica Patrick. What in God's name? <laughs> who, like, I okay, Nico has kids, so I get it. And he sure, can kind of, sure. like, he has more personality, but Danica on a kid's thing? You what? know, I never, I never really cared about Don- Danica. I almost called her Donica. I never cared about Donica doing the Indy 500 broadcast until I heard like bits and pieces of what she said this weekend and then kind of what yeah. she said on the scanner, like when they weren't oh actually on air. Yeah. And I'm totally over Danica doing anything on TV. So I, man, it's just, uh, what a terrible, and the, the two of them probably have zero chemistry together because Rosberg doesn't really have a great sense of humor and he's kind of an odd dude. Yeah, and then she just seems completely artificial and fake yeah, at all times. Ro- and Danica's a robot, so... Yeah, so I mean, I guess it won't matter that much for kids. Hopefully, they won't be able to see through that facade. Um, but I hope it goes well. I mean, I, I understand having Danica on the broadcast because it's a female race car driver. Yeah, I get so it, 100%. that is cool, but I think there are plenty of other female race car drivers who you could have on the broadcast to inspire young women. I'll just say that, but... You know, some no. kid's going to be like, Dad, is that why does she sound like chat GPT? <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I, I'm i excited to see what, what happens. I might um, if we can. I don't know what it's going to be for people in the U.S., but I might click on to the, the children's broadcast just to see what it's like for a few minutes while that race goes on. I wish you the best of luck. Well, I just want to see they're doing like special know, graphics and different camera angles. I just want to see how they're explaining F1 to kids. It'll be interesting to see because this is really unique and to cater, especially to kids and basically to devote that budget and a special broadcast. I think it could be really cool for parents who want to get their kids into F1 to sit them down and watch this with them or just, I don't know, any kids who are into cars like this, this may help them develop a new passion. So F1's really smart for doing this. Yeah, I I appreciate the idea 100%. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on, go on. Okay, so the other big news, I'd say the biggest news um, for the the week is that McLaren has hired, like they have hired Red Bull Chief Operating Engineering Officer, not Chief Operating Officer, sorry. That's like um, (laughs) corporate speak. Chief Engineering Officer Rob Marshall, who I looked up his resume. Wow. This guy started at Rolls-Royce out of engineering school. Okay. But then he went in 1994 to Benetton. He was a a race engineer. He stayed with Benetton and he was, um, I don't know exactly what his role was. Let me, let me see here because he stayed with them until Renault took over. So that, I mean, he was there until 2005. And so obviously he won a championship with them in 2005 and he won championships with Benetton yeah. too, right? Um, yeah, he, he has one of the most impressive resumes I've, I've seen. Oh yeah. And so then uh, he got scooped up in 2006 by, yeah, he started in 2006 at Red Bull. And I mean, he was there as one of the chief designers up until 2016, kind of working with Adrian Newey 
until he became what is it? What is his role now at at um did I just say it was chief engineering officer? Yeah. At Red Bull. Yeah, okay. So McLaren has hired him. McLaren also didn't they hire what Ferrari's ex guy? Yeah, they ex- hired somebody, somebody from from Ferrari, I believe, before the year started. Yeah, and I can't remember his name. Sanchez, something Sanchez. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> well, that's what it's, I guarantee. That's what his name was. Just, but I don't just know the way. It. It's just the way you said David that, Sanchez. But that doesn't sound right. And the like the deadpan look you had on your face because you were trying to think, which like nobody else will see except me, just was was funny. But yeah, I think it's. I'm oh, sorry. Were you done before I give my? Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship so for your regular hit of formula one analysis subscribe to the f1 strategy report wherever you get your favorite podcasts the strategy report is a beer mogul podcast on the evergreen podcasts network my name's michael laminato and i'll catch you after the checkered flag All right, I was just, this is a, a good grab by them i think yeah. either they threw a ton of money at him which both of these things that i'm about to Probably. say could be the case they threw a ton of money at him or I mean, because Red Bull's winning, like there's no reason to leave that organization or you have a lot of faith in what McLaren is about to go do. And you believe you can be a part of that. So I I think both of those are probably true. I hope so. As a, you know, I don't get kind of worked up too worked up in like, who am I a fan of at this point? But I like what McLaren's doing in IndyCar. So I want to see them do well in F1 too, because I enjoy what they have to bring on both sides of the pond and Zach Brown seems like a really, you know, nice guy and I, I enjoy his business style. So and they have sweet merch. And they have they do have the best merch in racing by far. I, I really think they do. So oh that's that reminds me. I want to buy the hoodie now. Yeah, that, same. We should just put an order in together. Yeah, let's do it. Hoodie bros. <laughs> we're, we're gonna rename our podcast Hoodie Bros. No, be that'll like be like a, another ripoff of Bus Bros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't want to be like the other ripoff house homies or whatever that's called. So yeah, what is that? Renus and who? It, no, the the Andretti one, House Homies. Oh, it's not it Renus. Again? Who's in it? Who's on that? I don't. I don't even remember. I call it. I, my name for it is House Homies. So that's what we're going with. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I butchered that and made sure that that organization never returns one of my emails, we should <laughs> continue, continue on in that. Like, yes, awesome. I don't think McLaren fans should get excited for 2024 because no. what was the guy's name again? I forget. Already. Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall. I was going to call him Dan. Dan. I, that's probably because the dog is sitting right at the foot of my door. Well, they, didn't they hire Dan Fallows or is that that was a Red Bull guy who got hired by Aston Martin? Yeah. Yeah, but because you know, he can't start work at McLaren until January. Yeah, so, but this was amicable. Like there was no, there was nothing for Rebel that was like, how dare you? Um, sure. you know, like what is it? Poach our guy. Like this was a deal that looked like something you know that was worked out properly. So 
That's Correct. interesting to me because Zach Brown doesn't seem like somebody who cares about that. He's going for the best people regardless of their contracts. And maybe it was just one of those things where Mr. Marshall was like, hey, you know, Red Bull, I'm going to explore other opportunities when my contract is up. And they were like, you know, cool, okay, let us know what happens. You know, it it's maybe wasn't even Zach Brown. It could have just been him saying to Red Bull, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, try to find a team to kind of help grow into maybe the next Red Bull. So, you know, it's it's not all smoke and mirrors every time, just at most of the time. Yeah, yeah, the majority of the time in F1 it is. Um, okay, still talking about kind of tangentially Red Bull. Uh, Helmet Marco has said that Nick DeVries' performance at Monaco, where he finished 12th, I believe, and I don't remember seeing him once in that race or even paying attention to what he did. No, sorry, he qualified 12th. Where did he finish in the race? Oh, yeah, okay, he qualified 12th and finished 12th. Um, okay. So that, whatever, that's fine. But uh, Helmet Marco says that basically that type of performance is what he wants to see from him at Alpha Tauri. Uh, let me see if he went on and said what it is. Of course, you want to see more. We thought we'd bring in someone with some experience already to challenge Yuki, but that didn't happen yet. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there's never a deadline. We just watch and look at their performance. When we have to act, then we will act. At the moment, we don't do anything. Um, yeah, so basically, I mean, he just says that you have to perform. You've got to deliver. And I think if Nick has better weekends like that, then he doesn't put himself at risk. But if this is the anomaly... Because he's raced at this track, you know, many times before in a bunch of different types of cars. And I think he lives in Monaco, too. And, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he still lives yeah. in somewhere else. But um, then he may be able to keep that seat. But if not, it definitely could be in play, like all the rumors were saying just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I... That makes sense. That's probably the one time he says something that isn't racist or outlandish in the last 15 years. Well, Bernie's the one that tends to be racist. Helmet Marco you know, just tends I'm to just, say like absurd things. I'm just yeah. mushing them all together. Yeah. Yeah. Like extremely old European white men. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, who look like James Bond villains, both of them. Um, okay. So. The other news that we heard today, again, this is just a rumor, but we like to discuss these rumors because they're interesting. Uh, Haas, there was a meeting between um, Gunther Steiner and Alfa Romeo's C CEO, and I don't want to mispronounce this, but Jean-Philippe Imperato. We'll see if that, I don't know, maybe someone will correct me. Um, they had a meeting that got the rumors swirling about, oh, are they set for some kind of a title sponsorship arrangement? We know that Alfa Romeo is leaving the Sauber deal at yeah. the end of this year to make room for basically a couple of years of Sauber before Audi officially steps in. So I don't know. Haas has the big, what money gram deal, but I don't imagine that, you know, Alfa Romeo has been paying this money to basically just be a badge on the car, like to be the team. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't do that and go to Haas. Sure. Like there's no sure. issue with that. So, I mean, I, that's another kind of backmarker team. They're both running Ferrari engines. You're not really probably going to get much of a change in your investment at all. So I don't think this is that exciting, but I really also like the rumors 
are probably true. Like the, to me, this I just don't see why this wouldn't happen. Again, this is smoke and mirrors. That is definitely seems more logical. But uh, yeah, I think it'll happen. And you know, then we'll have you know the Alfa Romeo Haas with Monty Graham racing, sponsored by the still somehow exists rich energy you know, petroleum jelly factory. So, you know, we'll have like one of the right. most epic team na- racing team names ever, but and allegedly Russian arms dealers or stuff like yes, that. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly Russian yeah. arms dealers. Alleg- say, yeah. We just allegedly porn, porn smugglers or something like that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, but uh, I, I do. I mean, Gene Haas for someone who is as rich as he is, is totally unwilling to spend his own money, which I get that. Like, you don't want to spend your own money when you're literally just going to be throwing it down the drain <laughs> for years on years on end. And once you put enough of your own money in, then other people aren't going to, like, put their money in the team. They're going to expect is... that you just front the bill. So this is probably perfect for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. But, yeah, Gunther... Play. I want to read his book. I'm going to read it. Um, my future brother-in-law who gets a shout out because he's been getting into F1. I don't think he listens to this regularly, but if he does, how embarrassing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He, he's <laughs> just like starting to get into it. The uh, Premier League season just ended for him, so he's like, I don't know what I'm going to watch for several months. I'm like, well, you're going to watch F1 with me then. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He wants to read Gunther's book, and it got me looking into it. They don't sell it yet in the United States, but I was able to find some people selling it. Well, someone was selling it on eBay. Some and it was a good price. No, someone was selling it on eBay, <laughs> and it was a good price. And I was watching it, and then literally the next day, someone bought it. So it makes me want it even more, kind of like the competition. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got to go out and find it now. It's probably not even going to be good, but I, I want to go read it anyway. So I can report back because I feel like any book that comes out about F1, I'm just expected to read it at this point. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because odds are I am not going to have time to read it. So, you know, I wish you the best of luck in your reading endeavors. Thank you. That's what I do at the beach. So, yeah, that's um, when I just go to sleep. Yeah, Michelle tends to fall asleep on the beach, too. Um, The last piece of news, and I don't think this is going to do anything, unfortunately, but Ferrari has some Red Bull looking side pods that images have just been released. I don't, I mean, good for them if they can fix the car that's been really peaky for the drivers. And I think that would be really helpful for Charles Leclerc to get some more consistency because the car's been bad in the races. It's been super fast over one lap. I mean, maybe that's him just pulling out that speed. But, uh, you know, when an organization is as flawed as they are and just continually fumbles the bag, I don't think changing your car design is going to get you where you need to be they're still gonna stop short of being successful enough to challenge red bull and that's because of some fundamental issues in that company and in that team agreed yeah so people are probably getting excited you know oh they're gonna have the red bull design and the car is gonna be really competitive now and if we see flashes of competitiveness it will be interesting but let me also say that Mercedes is bringing updates, so don't sleep on them. Alpine is bringing updates, and they were good in Monaco, and I think they're going to continually get mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aston Martin's bringing updates. So nobody at the front is taking a break. Mm-hmm. And they're still 20 seconds behind Red Bull. 
Yes. But like I, I said, I'm, I'm just I'm just being silly. Like, y- yes. And and like to your other point, yes, Ferrari will bring six more up, up upgrades this week or next week in the next couple of weeks. And somehow we'll find a new way to screw things up. Did we get the times? I don't think we did. I wrote them down. So I have that right here. No. Oh, when are, when are we watching? When are we taking our naps during Spain this weekend? No, the times are actually pretty good. It's I mean, hey. I got a bunch of racing to watch on my birthday, so I'm not going to complain. Fair. Um, okay. Practice one is Friday at 7.30 a.m., so I am not. I don't think I'm going to be awake for that. Maybe I'll be waking up as it starts. Um, yeah. Practice two. Go ahead. My alarm's, my alarm's for 7.30 tomorrow, so I'll watch it in bed because I'm oh, not. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I'm going to watch it then. Never mind. I'll watch at least the, the tail half of it before my first meeting tomorrow. Yeah, I forgot that tomorrow's Friday. Okay, so practice two is at 11 a.m., so perfect to have on while you're maybe doing some work from yeah. home on a Friday. Um, practice three is at 6.30 a.m. on Saturday, so nope. too early for me on a weekend, unfortunately. Not a morning guy. Um, qualifying is 10 a.m. on Saturday, so perfect way to start your day. And then the race is at 9 a.m. on Sunday, Easter yep. time. I can handle that. Yeah, I mean, the European times work out pretty well because then you get the F1 race out of the way, and then we have IndyCar later in the day. And that reminds me, I need to check Grid Rival because I oh, you shouldn't don't... have said that on the air, but that's yeah, fine. Oh, I took the lead in Grid Rival after Monaco. Yeah. I was supposed to mention yeah. that because I want to humble brag, but not really humble brag. It's just bragging at this point. Because what's my score? Well, this is because I'm completely being left in the dust, and no matter who I pick, I seem to just be awful i'm like the ferrari but not even that good <laughs> um in the indycar like group fantasy league that's yeah. going on not like the pit lane parlay one but the the brought bigger one um i'm in last place by a significant margin and let's see in the f1 grid rival i am at 5883 points and behind me is Toma Booty, Toma Booty, maybe whoever that yeah, is. I don't know who that how is. to say it properly, yeah. but he's got 57, no, 5,787 points. So I am 96 points ahead, which eh, I think you can pretty much have that swing in one race. All right. So let's let's debate this. Where are live. you? I'm looking. Uh, 26. So I'm, I'm uh, not okay. like. That's not that bad because where there are over 100 people in this. Yeah. Oh, there are a hundred people in this. Okay. Um, I'm at a spot where I could, I feel like if I have a, a good run, I can 26. jump all the way up there. All right. So let me, let me ask what about you about Cody. Is he in this? I don't care about Cody. Does he play this? Yeah, he does. He's in 39th. Yeah. Cody sucks. Only in this, the, he doesn't suck at life. All right. But now let me ask the question I've tried to ask two times. So I have two empty spots in my grid rival lineup. Do mm-hmm. I take somebody like, Albon or you know somebody super cheap so I can take Max Verstappen at 30.6 million or do I take like Gasly at 18 and Hulkenberg at nine you know where do I what do you think how much money do do you have what'd you say I have 38 million left right now okay and how much does Red Bull cost 27 million Uh, Verstappen is 30 Oh, for, oh, you don't have to worry about the team. You're talking about no. just drivers. Okay, drivers, so he's 30.6, yes. and you said you have what? 38. 38. Yeah. So who could you get for eight? Let me look at this. Uh, I, I have everyone get... set right now. 
Albon, DeVries, and Sargent. Uh, so the only one worth anything would be Albon, Albon there. Yeah. But could you do, what if you do someone not Verstappen that's still up there in like the top five drivers and then get a better second driver? Well, I have Alonzo already. Okay. He's, so I could do, I, I'm scared to pick anybody, any Ferrari. Yeah, but what about like, like a Russell or? Russell's only, tw- no, I can't do Russell because I just got done Russell. Oh, what about Hamilton then? Yeah, I could take Hamilton. Or even Perez. How much does, how, what's the difference for him? Perez is 26. That's that's reasonable. Okay, so we're going to take Perez for four races. Oof, that's that's risky. And we are going to take, how much do I have left? 11. Let's go. Who's 11? Guan Yu Zhou for, there's nobody for 11. We're going to take Guan Yu Zhou for three races. I mean, how's he been doing? I haven't been paying attention that much, but I think he's his been value, doing pretty well. His, his value is up 1.2 million Let's see. Know, since since the last race. Where did so, he finish? He finished 13th. Not bad. Uh, I mean, his teammate was in 11th. Where is he in the points championship? 93rd. No. <laughs> Just kidding. That, I mean, he's way better than that. He is 15th. So he's actually ahead of Yuki, but behind Oscar Piastri. So I'd say that's pretty good. I mean, he's ahead of, he has, Alex Albon has one point so far this season. That's it. Yeah, and it was in the season opener. Whereas Joe also only has two points from his one ninth place in Australia. Right, right, right. So maybe you want someone more consistent. No. I already picked. Okay. Wait, did you pick? You said Perez? Yeah, I picked. I went Perez. I mean, he's still already in second. I mean, before this, Perez's finishes were second, first, fifth, first, second. And then he went 16th. So I think in Spain, he's easily on for a like comfortable top five fair enough so i think you're safe with him i mean you already have alonzo you said which he's just the podium master his finishes okay third 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 fourth third second like if you're throwing darts at the dartboard you are like hitting all around that bullseye and he's got to be frustrated because he just (laughs) wants that bullseye by now but you know what i mean like he's getting close but lance stroll is also an eighth like, I didn't think he was doing that well, but actually, I guess it's just because our expectations for him are higher now. Yeah, yeah, no, not a bad sense. thing. Not a bad thing. All right, well, we're at forty-five minutes. That's enough talk for everybody's Friday morning. Enjoy the racing. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week to happy birthday see... to us. Yeah, happy birthday to you. And and you. Yeah, you're just trying yeah, to pretend yeah. it's not your birthday. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't care at all about my birthday. Okay, goodbye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.